Hello, hello, and welcome back to the DTF Podcast. This is another episode of Just a Tad with Sam Norton, and that sippy, annoying fuck is uh, your guys' favorite, who at hello. the time has yeah. been on uh, on one other show. This is Kevin White, everybody. Welcome yeah. back. Give him applause. I have a cold. Yeah. Don't feel well at all. Uh, Kevin. Sam said we can reschedule, and I said... God damn it, Sam, podcasting is important. Yeah, people need to hear this. People need to... <laughs> people need to hear our opinions yeah. on things. <laughs> on things that matter, too. Yeah, because you know what? Being the one and only podcast about comedy, Sam, I think it's really important that you don't skip a beat. You, you don't reschedule. You you keep the episodes coming out. People are hungry. The boom that we're in right now is never going to end. Yeah. Uh, we're all gonna make it. We're all gonna make a bunch of money and be successful, and our parents are gonna be proud of us. And I'm not just you and me. I just mean like literally anybody doing comedy. And I really think that also it's anybody listening, anybody listening, you guys and gals can make it too. And and and, and I just think <sighs> that's the cough medicine talking. Hey Sam, great to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you went through that. Uh, so I, I'm I'm really happy to be on Kevin's podcast. This is a good podcast right now. That's uh, my nose. You today, that? Oh, this is listen. If you hear that, it's just my nose, and I'm just slowly dying. Or we're both drinking tea with honey. That's yeah, this is kind of epic. Anyways, uh, you guys have seen by uh, the description or the picture, hopefully, that uh, today we are talking about comics. Comics. Yeah. We were sitting down, and Kevin wanted to podcast with me, and I had my. My stuff, and then he brought up David Tell, and we started talking about David Tell and other comics, and I just realized we were getting into a conversation about comedians who may not be well loved on the whole uh, <sighs> by the public, but are definitely loved by almost every comedian. Ever. So Do we're gonna you... we're gonna shoot from the hip. Hold on. Okay. Uh, so just to explain to you guys, this one's gonna be a little bit different because usually I I uh, do a lot of research beforehand and uh, make sure that we have a structured show, uh, and if you're going like, really, you do, and then you can fuck off. <laughs> really, uh, you do? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, this time, uh, I just wanted to have a casual conversation, because what we were saying was interesting to me, so uh, if if there's like a jarring edit into a clip from what we're talking about, don't be afraid, I'm doing it on purpose, because uh, right now you're going to be basically in a green room of a comedy room, uh, a comedy room of a club. Of the a green com- room of a, of a, a <laughs> green room of a comedy room, and if we're there, it's probably the best club in the country. Yes, probably. So, uh, just wanted to give you guys a heads up. So, uh, are, you, are you smoking a doobie? No, I was miming it. I was gotcha. just doing a joke. Uh, so, oh, a visual joke on a what was for audio. you? I was trying to make you crack. Oh yeah, but let's get into it. I, you said something, and I'm sure you have your talking points, but. I'm not really good at uh, respecting you or listening to anything you have to say. Sure, 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 Do you really feel like Atel isn't beloved by people that, uh, what you mean by that is he's not like a household name, maybe he's so good he doesn't get what he deserves is kind of what you're saying? Both. And a third, on top of that, is I also don't think that he's loved for the right reasons. I think he's loved for, hey, you did Insomniac. You're a fucking drinker. Kind of the same way, in some ways, that um, Joe Rogan and uh, Doug Stanhope kind of get still. Uh Uh, Doug Stanhope may have people lingering from like, oh, you were on the man show. And then Joe Rogan's like, oh, you were on that thing where people are eating dicks. Like, that's, I, I don't think that's the majority of their audience, but I think that 
most people who don't know comedy or follow those people. If you're outside of their fan, like yeah, let's yeah. say you have a coworker and you're like, hey, I'm going to see uh, Doug Stanhope this weekend. They oh, go, who? Yeah. And, oh, you, and you have to go like, the guy from The Man Show. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that guy. Oh, Ziggy Zaggy. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, that's not his nah. <laughs> but that's what, that's yeah. what I think uh, is the, the and, and it's probably a little bit less just because he's been around forever and uh, there is a comedy boom right now. Uh, right. Hopefully forever. It's never going to die. This balloon never bursts. Uh-huh. Um, but that's how I I've go. definitely seen David Tell and tried to tell somebody who he was. I had I had to bring up from Sunday. For all of oh, you... Oh, yeah, yeah, that drinking show. For all of you who don't know Dave Attell, he is a New York-based comedian. He was born in 1965, started uh, after graduating NYU in 1987, and I just learned this, his first oh. TV appearance uh, was in 1988 for a VH1 stand-up spot. It was like a year after he started, and then uh, he got Letterman... Uh, for the first time, pretty close after that. It was back in 1993. Really? So, from 87 to 93. For a wow. Bit. But yeah, Dave Attell was also on uh, uh, his own TV show called Insomniac. It was big back in the late... No, early 2000s. The early aughts, yeah. Um, and he's uh, he's been touring around and being uh, a beloved comedian for many, many years. Mm-hmm. He's got a great... I don't know if it's... I don't know how many seasons are in if it's still on or not but he was doing like a really cool uh, show in Comedy Central uh, Comedy Under what it was called um, Underground Underground Comedy I think yeah and like the whole point was just to kind of bring comedy, back Comedy Underground with David Tell yeah yeah and the whole point was to kind of bring back like late night blue kind of humor so we'd have like uh, well Junior Sopka did it uh, Lisa Traeger did it um, but also like Big J and uh it says Amy Schumer, Amy Jeff Schumer. Ross, Ari Shafir. Yeah. Uh Amy Schumer it's because of David Tell, like he or not entirely because of David Tell, obviously no, entirely. She her, she's uh Well her show obviously knows that woman knows everything to a tiny Jew. But no, it, 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 he, he went to, to bat for her mm-hmm. is, is the story that early on in her career he would take her out on the road with him and stuff and so you know, most people we got. Uh, I think Kimmy Schubert just did like a Madison Square Garden thing like a month or so ago. Yeah, I saw that. And fucking Dave Attell was like, "Wow, let's do these clubs." <laughs> yeah, but I think that's where he. He was a mentor. That's the word I was trying yeah, to yeah. Like a mentor. I think. I think that's where his comedy has, has to, to be. be. Yeah. Yeah, because if you've ever seen Captain Miserable, should we go through the specials? You know, like. No, go ahead. So, Skanks for the Memories is his Comedy Central Records debut. It's a fantastic album. At the time, they were buying up a lot of, uh, uh, this is like the beginning of like the comedy boom, like right after Dane Cook came out with uh, Harmful of Swallowed uh, that they put out. They started buying up a bunch of comics and putting out albums. So, uh, And I know this because I was working for a marketing company at the time, and they were promoting a lot of comedy. So... Uh, Mike Birbiglia, Daniel Tosh, and Dave Attell all had like their first big albums come out at like the exact same time. I remember that, and um, and uh, so yeah, Skanks from the Memories is the one that you'll probably play any audio off of. It's it's a, a perfect album. It's great. He's just killing from front to back. And hey, let's play an excerpt of that right now. Sure, we'll be right back. You ever hang out all night long and then you go home a little early? Yes, sir. Then you get that call the next day. You know that call. You should have hung out, man. What happened? Oh. <laughs> Ten minutes after you left, 
It's always ten minutes after you leave when all the fun shows up. Like the fun mobiles a block behind you at all times. Full of strippers and midgets and balloons and every type of fun imaginable. Ten minutes after you left, the Dixie Chicks broke in and fucked everybody. Even the fat boy with asthma wearing the Babylon 5 t-shirt got a hand job. And it's never gonna happen again. After I heard that, I started to cry. Mostly because I sat on my balls. Have you ever done that? So I travel a lot. I hate traveling, I guess because my dad used to beat me with a globe. Stay with me. Some things are the same wherever you go. Like if it feels like more than two fingers, it's probably a dick. Mm, the jury's out. <laughs> the crowd is divided on that one. All right, that was uh, yeah. David Tell from Skanks from the Memory, I think. Skanks uh, from the Memories, yeah. Also, so, uh, what the fuck is your point? So what I was saying was, if you notice, that's definitely like a club setting that he's in, and he is killing. He recorded that at the uh, Comedy Works in Denver. Yeah. Best oh, really? club in the fucking country. It's amazing, right? But Top three. Definitely, for sure. Top, yeah. Um, but he had a follow-up. A very clean cut, like, you know, he trimmed up his beard and his his bald head was freshly bicked. And it's called Captain Miserable. <clears throat> Miserable and he, it's one of those big theater shows. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's funny because it's a tell, but it does not hit. And he's, like, smiling and mugging the camera in ways that seem kind of forced and weird. I mean, the comedy is, of course, great, but he just doesn't work in that setting. And I, I think you can tell that... Anything he's done after that has been purposely, you know, smaller like, gigs. Purposely, well, yeah. He, he His that, road work tour yeah, special yeah. and the comedy uh, underground with David Tell, like both, like purposely, like I think that experience probably left him feeling like he probably watched it. I'm just guessing, but if you're a fan of his, I think you'd agree he watched it and didn't like what he saw and was like, you know what, I'm just gonna do me. He and doesn't, he doesn't like it. David Tell's uh, notorious for not liking anything he's ever done. Oh yeah, but that's what makes you great. You know, I would hope so. Yeah, nobody ever. I goes, hate my whole career. Yeah, nobody ever goes. Uh, ah, I nailed it. Uh, let's do more work. No, I think you rest in your laurels. Think you know? people who play Madison Square Garden think that. Come on now, up top. Ha, ha. <laughs> uh, like we have beef with the Booker of Madison Square Damn. Garden. Yeah, fuck you, Billy Joel. Yeah, <laughs> you think everything you do is great. Yeah, it kind of is. I think he has like a residency there. I'm a big Billy Joel fan. Ah, he's great, you know. Um, uh, <laughs> um, well, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, he does. Uh, he hates all his jokes, and that's why he works so hard at them. Why do you think uh, comics are the ones that are drawn to him, in your opinion? If I can tell you mine. I think... Uh, only, comic, I, my opinion is uh, comics are the only ones that care about jokes. Right. Like, it's, like he's funny, for sure. Uh, but... Comics are the only. It's like rappers with lyricists. Like KRS One uh, is an amazing lyricist, but most people don't know who he is. Or like Talib Kweli is an amazing lyricist, but most people outside of hip hop don't know who he is. Sure. But everybody inside is like, God damn it, they're a fucking wordsmith. And I feel like that's how David Tell is, where it's like yeah. you don't understand how much he's get. Like he's saying stupid shit. 
you don't understand why he's saying the genius that yeah. leap is. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That's it's the same thing where, like, you know, you can write a good joke, but his misdirection and his like complete absurd and his word economy, his use of like every setup is a punchline within itself, and like nothing goes to waste, and uh, he trims all the fat, and it's just like a comedy nerd's like fucking dream. You know, and I mentioned this to you before a quarter, but like him or like a Gary Goldman or somebody like that who just like mines the art form for this perfect joke. It's just like, yeah, that's a comic. See, I wouldn't comic. even put him in. So Gary Goldman's another comedian. Uh, very, very funny. Uh, and the thing with Gary is, uh, you know what? Let's listen. Uh, let's listen to a clip of Gary Goldman. Uh, Goldman. Gold, Goldman? No, go, G U L. G U L. I was saying. Yeah, you said Goldman. Oh, Gary Goldman. Gold, Goldman? Goldman. Goldman. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Gary Goldman. Very, very funny. Let's listen to a quick clip of his so you guys can get a little taste of what we're talking about before we get into it. We have 50 states in America and they each have a two capital letter abbreviation. But that, that wasn't always the case. Up until, I want to say 1973. And so I will. Uh, up until 1973, every state had its own length of abbreviation, and it was chaos. Like, Massachusetts was M-A-S-S, period. Florida was F-L-A. Utah was Utah. <laughs> they just dropped the H. Not much of an abbreviation. But then the post office said, no, every state has to have a two-capital-letter abbreviation. And so they convened a crack squad of abbreviators. They assembled a ragtag outfit of rogues, misfits, and ne'er-do-wells. How often do well? Ne'er. They ne'er. They ne'er did well. And they were charged with abbreviating all 50 states down to two letters. Now, I read this description to the documentary, and much like you, thought to myself, how are they going to make a 98-minute documentary about a task that couldn't have taken more than six minutes to complete? <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. It was an adventure. Ups and downs, ins and outs. Friends became enemies. Enemies became friends. They, they started off, they thought it was going to be easy because Alabama lulled them into a false sense of security. They said, Alabama, A-L, holy crap, this is easy. We're, we're going to finish before they stop serving breakfast in the hotel restaurant. And the boss said, guys, if we finish before they stop serving breakfast, breakfast is on me. And then one guy said, oh, I hope they have an omelet station. Just, just for context, the omelet station had just been invented. And, it, and it, it was sweeping the nation. And, and this other guy said, you know what, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with the omelet station because I, I feel like the omelet chef resents you. Like, he didn't want to be the omelet chef. Nobody dreams of being an omelet chef. He wanted to be the chef chef. Now instead, of, now, instead of giving the orders, he's taking the orders from your stupid wife and your ugly kids. And I think one day he's going to snap, and I don't want to be there when it happens. And they were like, well, what are, why don't you just get Eggs Benedict? And he said, I, I don't like holiday sauce. And they said, did you just say holiday sauce? <laughs> yeah, why? Because uh, it's hollandaise, you moron? And then the boss said, um, guys, I hate to be a nudge, but could we get back to abbreviating the states? We still have 49 left. <laughs> and apologies were made, and an understanding was reached, and they got back to abbreviating. And they said, what's next? And he said, Alaska. Everybody cool with AL? <laughs> but somebody caught it. One man sheepishly raised his hand and said, Sir, I, I think we might have used that one before. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Well, let's check the minutes. All right, that was Gary Goldman from his last album, Something. 
Uh, now, Gary Goldman, uh, born in 1970, he's uh, 46 right now, uh, from Peabody, Massachusetts, uh, went to Boston College, and he's had a very long, uh, great career, too. Um, now, getting back into Gary, the difference between uh, Gary and uh, Dave is, yes, I, I also believe they don't uh, waste a lot of fucking even syllables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, fuck words. They don't even waste a lot of syllables. But the difference, uh, I think, is, uh, is misdirection. Like, Gary builds yeah. something, and Dave builds an image, I guess? I don't even... David Tell, I think... He doesn't really build a story. He just... You think you're going, well, ah, midgets, all right, boom, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> David Tell's throwing you all over the place. Yeah. And that's why it's so exciting and funny to watch and I agree with what you're saying like Gary Goldman minds for the perfect joke in the way that um, somebody is crafting an opus and David Tell minds a perfect joke in the way that it's like I'm gonna make this story a series I'm gonna make these one-liners into a story almost it's like, it's like he like reverse engineers it where he's like I got all these jokes and they're all kind of about drinking you're like you know I think David Tell's just a like, joke book and yeah. Gary Goldman's a really funny blogger <laughs> uh, that's really discrediting Gary Goldman. I think it's discrediting both of them, but yeah, uh, you know, still apt. Because and the reason I say they're that both is, about the joke, though, but they just have different approaches. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not saying that a blogger is not about jokes too. I'm just saying Gary gives himself way more, uh, way more of an article to write, whereas. Dave, it almost seems like if I can't fit it on this quarter of a page, it ain't gonna be a fucking joke. Yeah. Gary is like, no, it's gonna be long stream. There's jokes yes. all the way through, but it's all like, no, because on that special that we were listening to, I, I watched it all the way through. He has maybe four bits, maybe. Goldman's about the bit, Atel's about the joke. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I said it funnier, but sure. Okay, sure. So. <laughs> okay, sure. Sure, 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 um, but, uh, but, but the, well, back to the comics comic thing is, the average people, like, you know, the average, god, that sounds so up my own ass. Civilians. I just think if you're not a big comedy fan and you just go see a comic and you go, like, eh, that was pretty good, kind of like... How you hear an album one time and you go, yeah, they're pretty good, but you have to listen to it on repeat to like really absorb it, and it becomes like your fa- favorite album or that kind of thing. Okay, that's kind of like what makes Gary and Dave different from those comics because I think that's the reason comic. I think that's what separates comic comics from uh, everybody else is you don't go, oh, that's pretty good. You go, I got, I got to watch this guy, mm. right? Like what? Sure. I'm trying to figure out what set like. Uh, a lot of times, uh, as a comedian, so I was I was going to say what makes them different from the audience point of view. You're saying why do comics attach themselves to these yeah. people? Like what makes you go back into a room to listen to somebody like David Teller? Oh fuck, Dave's up, and then you run down yeah. and you watch him. I mean, what's separate? Because there's a lot of people that are funny. Uh, you I, know, yeah. not to sound cliche, but maybe like the work ethic. Like you're not going to see the same joke because nah, he always but... changes his jokes. That's something Bill Burr said in a. In an interview he was opening for him a long time ago, you know that. Like, he kept doing the same jokes with new tags. And, uh, you know, he asked him why he was slaving away at these jokes, and he said a joke's never finished. So if you know that about Dave, and you know he's up, you want to see how his. Pro- you're getting to see the sausage being made. You're, you're seeing the process. You're 
and that's that's great to watch. Okay. You want to run in and see, man, what has he done this time? I've heard this joke, but I haven't heard that version of that joke. Holy shit. So do you think it's the amount of material pumped out is what helps it? Uh, it's it's a well, David Tell. It's pro, I, I, yeah, David Tell is somebody who has an equal balance of quality and quantity. What like, about someone like Gary, or someone? I, I mean, someone like my favorite, who's uh, Colin Quinn, uh-huh. is I think the ultimate comics comic. Yeah, he's he coined himself into saying that uh, he or maybe somebody else did, but uh, I think he coined himself saying he's like a comedian dog whistle. <laughs> Where it's like if they if someone likes Colin Quinn right off the bat, then they're probably a comic. <laughs> no, why? Tell me why Colin Quinn's so great. Um, I think I mean I think is this is this it. where you play a, a clip of Collins real quick and then we get back and talk to it like you did the other two? Do they want to listen to another Colin Quinn clip? Quit. Do you do you do that too much on this show? You know, and let me tell you something. There's always racial tension. People don't like to talk about it. Cops and blacks, always racial tension between cops and blacks. And it's ironic because in today's society, cops all talk like black kids and black kids all talk like cops because they're in the same neighborhood. You don't see any cop. They pull a kid over. It's like, oh, my man, come here for a second. Oh, you. Oh, nobody's sweating you. Nobody's trying to sweat you. Come here. Yeah. They always give him a little nickname. Hey, Tupac, come here for a second. I want to go here. Ooh. What are you doing? Oh, you're representing and he's perpetrating? Or how do you work it? Well, he perpetrates and you represent? What are you doing here? Big pimping? Huh? All right. And all the black kids, they talk like cops. You know, anytime there's a cop incident, they're on the sidelines giving you the whole lowdown. No, that's a 415. He ain't going to take him in for that. No. They got to let him go. No, that's the lieutenant. He don't get out of the car. You're going to make the sergeant go. Yo, Yo Blue, why you got to cuff him so tight, Blue? That was another clip and musing from the late great Colin Quinn. I don't know why I said late great. He's not dead. Wow. Uh, he was born in 1959. All the guys that we're talking about are white guys in their 50s, by the way. So yeah. we should probably... So maybe we're just old-timers who have shitty taste. Yeah, yeah, probably. That's... <laughs> I can think of a lot of comics who would probably listen to this and be like, Ugh, Ugh. all those These comics guys? suck. I could definitely see that. Like Maria Bamford is a uh, is a comics comic too. Yes, uh, definitely. Or <laughs> we all know there is no I in team, but there is an I in win and in Christmas. And at the Target two day sale, there's going to be a GPS in Christmas too. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> there's no L in Christmas either. <laughs> Get it? Watch it again. So, sometimes it takes a second to get it. You can do one-liners for all uh, these people. That's too many breaks. Nah, man. It's going to be as many breaks as I fucking want. Who's another comedian that we can char into? Oh, my God. We got to um, get a black guy. We got to get a Chinese woman. <laughs> got to be as diverse as possible. Otherwise, we're the worst. What do you think defines a comic's comic? Because it, it's not success. Because these people are all wildly successful. I, I think we defined it earlier. It's an old white guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know uh, old white guys. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I can name a couple. I. <laughs> do you think you could stay... Do you think you can get to the level of, like, Amy Schumer or Kevin Hart and still be a comics comic? You know what? I take that back, because Richard Pryor and George Carlin. Yeah. Never mind. 
Because uh, uh, those are huge guys, but they were also. Comics. Is George Carlin a comics comic? Yeah, so? because every comic likes him. Isn't that the definition of a comics comic? That's or a... is it somebody only comics like? Is it like are we defining it as someone that all comics like or somebody that only comics like? One is a hipster definition. One is the right one. See, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 the issue. Like, why halfway through the episode are we deciding to define what we're talking about? Well, let's define it as the hipster one. It's like that only comics like him. So, Colin Quinn is. The they wouldn't have careers if only comics like him. You know what I mean? Because um, about people only comics like and not like bookers. Okay, mostly. Comics. Why not like Big J or like, uh, or no, even on a, on a smaller scale, like. Why not, um... Oh, what was that guy's name? Uh, uh, did you see that Call Me Lucky documentary? Call Me Lucky? Yeah, yeah, the no. Bobcat Goldthwait documentary. I can't think of the fucking guy's name. I'll look it up, but if you continue to talk, that'll be cool. He was a, uh, he was a comic, and, and he was prone to, like, outbursts and breakdowns on stage. Eddie Pepitone? Uh, you know, stuff we do. No. But, oh, you know what? I, I can, I can think of another example, though, actually. Um, Eddie Pepitone? He's Larry, a comics comic. Larry David. You know, he would walk on stage, tell one joke, and go, I don't need this shit, and walk off stage. You know what I mean? Like, the comics would love to watch him. Audiences didn't like him. And if Seinfeld didn't love him so much, uh, then uh, he might have... Who knows? You know, like, who knows what would happen if, if they didn't make that show together. And Barry Crimmins, by the way, is who I was trying to think of. I don't even know who that is. I feel a little ashamed. Uh, I only, I, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna act like I, I am like some expert also, on Barry Crimmins. I pretty much just knew who he was because of the movie Call Me Lucky. But watching him, you would love when they talk about, uh, you know, what his stand-up was. Really? <laughs> just like a drunk and just like screaming at audiences to like, well, like Larry David care as much as he does I wonder and they if, don't. I, I, I've never heard his stand-up, but I wonder if Larry David's stand-up was even that good. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, cause I, there are comics I love. Yeah. Shit. No, th- 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 let's be honest with ourselves. Part of the reason that uh, you even liked any of my comedy, and I've had multiple people tell me this, is that uh, you just like me having my meltdowns. Oh, dude. So there is a huge difference between wanting to watch somebody's act and then wanting to watch someone. <laughs> Oh, dude, that's the entirety of half my friendships with other comics. Just watching, wanting to watch them fail? No, it's because I think... Or living vicariously through. You know the struggle. Whenever I see a good meltdown, I know exactly how they're feeling. Sure, sure. And it's, it's entertaining to see such raw emotion. And we're, we do this enough, like we were around enough comedy... Where it's almost like, yeah, laughter is good, but like, real is better. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know? In a way, would Mark Barron be like that? Because he's, he's known for going out and just kind of bullshitting and kind of meandering his way through a set, and, and he's in pursuit of some sort of raw emotion. You know, he, he kind of, I think he kind of uh, makes it a little grandiose, that idea, but I, I do agree with it. Yeah. I'm going to play a clip of, uh, this is going to be all clips. <laughs> clip show. I'm going to play a quick clip of Mark Marin. I'm going to play a quick clip of Maria Bamford and come back so you guys can have a, a little taste of what I'm about to talk about. I, uh, I used to work in an office and I miss the excitement. 
Miss excitement waking up every day. I didn't know if I was going to go in and file something or type something or like file something I just typed. I decided that the worse the job is, the more excited the temporary representative seems to be about it. Hello, Maria. This is from Judy from TRC Staffing in Glendale. Good morning. I have an incredible opportunity here for you today. $5 an hour, alphanumerical filing in an industrial warehouse. I thought of you first. I kept expecting it to get worse. Hello, Maria. This is Judy. Tijuana, Mexico, loading fruit trucks. You need to be there in a half hour. Corporate dress. <laughs> Hello, Maria. This is it. I have a feeling. Temp to perm, Thailand. You are sold into prostitution, but there is free parking. <laughs> oh. I used to have this really creepy, creepy boss. He always come up to me and say stuff like, I really like it when you wear your hair like that. <laughs> uh, why don't you come in the meeting? Uh, take shorthand, cheer up the guys with your pretty face. <laughs> come on, smile for me. You look so much more beautiful when you smile. <laughs> like, I go in his office and say stuff like, Hi, I really love the way your gray, curly neck hair comes up over the edge of your peach, poly, wee, sweat-stained sports shirt. Mm. Why don't you come in my cubicle and tell me more about my partial dental benefits after 90 days? Come on, smile for me. The fact that I net $6.49 an hour to provide you with the sexual stimulation you're not man enough to get in your personal life is so much more apparent when you smile. You know, a lot of people are talking about politics, but I, uh, I, have, I think we should look at the subconscious of America. Porn, poker, ultimate fighting, and reality shows. That's what we feed our heads. Sex without feeling, fighting without rules, bluffing to make money, and entertainment by other people's pain. God bless America. We are a morally bankrupt, selfish, narcissistic country. I'm a very self-centered person. I almost killed two people two weeks ago. I did. I was driving down my street, minding my own business, texting. And all of a sudden, there were two guys in front of my car. And in that moment, I realized that texting and driving is really more dangerous than drinking and driving. Because at least when you're drunk driving, someone is driving the car. <laughs> Look, folks, the future is not Mexican. I'm not racist. I'm nervous. And I don't think nervousness is wrong. If you encounter something that you're, feel, makes you feel awkward or uncomfortable, it's okay to be nervous. Nervousness doesn't become racism until you hear yourself say, ah, oh, crap, and there's a lot of them. <laughs> then you're on a slippery slope. But I don't mind that. There's a lot of Mexicans, and there's going to be more Mexicans. Mexicans make a lot of Mexicans. It's part of what they do. They are actually the Catholic Church's last hope. <laughs> 
right, so this is so this is not about David Tell. This is about comics, comics. Yeah, of course. That's what I said at the very beginning. Well, you said that, but I, I didn't know if it was going to be looping back to him. I don't know. We can go back. No, this is a good conversation. Point, I'm just saying, like... Uh, my point of Mark Maron and my point of Maria Bamford is I think we can agree here, right now, equally as respected as uh, success in comedy, right? But also, uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find more comics, comics than that. That aren't just, like, toiling away. Like, they found success, but they're also very much comics, comics, right? Mark Maron and Maria Manford. Here's the thing. Both of them are, you can't get any different. So what the fuck? And I... You can't get any different. Than those two. Than Mark Maron and Maria Yeah, Mark is very much about just distilled honesty and uh, a raw nerve. all fantasy. Yeah, and she's all fucking whimsical. You know, let's put this on the mic. We'll, We'll have this talk... It's recording. Oh, I thought you. I thought no. you were. I was zoned out because yeah, yeah. I'm all hopped up on cold meds. Yeah. I thought you were still doing that break. No, they're here right now. Can you not see them? But that's the point I was trying to make is that uh, I'm trying to find the commonality between those two. That they're fringe. And I think they're fringe personalities. Nah, it can't be that easy. I mean, it's a, someone who's so obsessed to write the perfect joke, or somebody who's. So emotional to sabotage their set, or so afraid to play pretend all the time. It's like, but you think there's nothing like milk toast about those people. They're not just like, oh, the McRib is back. It's all about these crazy outsiders. So you think fringe people are the ones that maybe? Yeah. You know, because as a comic, you see a lot of comedy. So a comics comic has to be different. You know. Like, I, I actually I really can't put it better than that. I think it isn't. <laughs> but they have to be on the outside. I'm trying to think. So what separate? So you have to be an outsider enough enough to uh, be like a tuning fork. Like, ooh, that's something different. But I know you can't be an outsider enough to where uh, you're unlikable. And that's a Lenny Bruce. No, right? I'm talking about like fucking crazy people you see at open mics. Oh, oh. That it's oh. like I've seen a lot of fringe people. Yeah, but and I, I enjoy watching them. But I enjoy watching them because I've been at three open mics and out of the house for eight hours, and so I'm like, oh, okay, let's watch a heroin addict go on stage right, right. now, see what happens. Right, right. So and I'm how saying, is that different than? Yeah, I'm saying like, what's the is it that you're you're put together enough to be able to do the job, but you're uh, in saying, shambles enough to be interesting to? I'm not <laughs> saying you're unhinged, out. like David Tell, right? Problem with alcohol, sure, but he's not like some. It's not. He's like some fucking outlier who can't go on stage without. He's sober now. He has to be. I think. It was okay, so that defeats the common or that defeats the fringe thing. That's what I'm trying to get at. Is like trying to define. No, but he's fringe, and then he's like. Obsessed How? in a way. Well then, okay. Well then, Gary Goldman, David Teller. I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what, what makes saying? a comics comic? It can't just be work ethic. That's, that's all I'm trying to do right now. I mean, we could talk about comics, comics, but I'm like, fuck. I kind of want to define it now. I've never thought about it until like right now. Like, what the? Fuck I never is... really thought about it either. 
what the fuck separates. So this episode will be, what is a comics comic? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, and people can sit in their car and go, you idiots. It's this. You, it's this, say this, and you can move on. And uh, <laughs> no, but I think it's harder than that because I think it's easy to say, it's, it's like. Oh, I know what it is. Why does success have to be mutually exclusive from comics life? But that's what I was saying is like, I think that's comics, what comics. happens with like punk bands is like, why the fuck isn't Green Day really labeled as punk? They're labeled as pop. Right. And it's like, if you get popular, are you no longer a comics comic or a punk band? Like, you have to be So we're back to George Carlin, then. Yeah. Are you still a comics comic if you're popular? Does comics comic mean being... Uh, yeah. Are you, like, an indie darling, or are you... Like, is that a requirement? I think... Okay, let's just break down the terminology here. Comics comic. That just means comics like them, right? Uh, I don't know. That's what we're trying to figure out. Is that all it means? I would, yeah, I would say so that like everybody just is like, holy shit. Okay. That guy is. Universally, comics. All right, let's define it like that. Universally, comics will nine times out of ten. No, no, nine times out of ten, either uh, come out of the green room to listen. Yeah, will come out of the green room to listen. Okay. So, that's, and that, and that includes respect and stuff like that. So, then, what, because, why? Because people who are successful, you know, you'll step out of the green room and be like, man, they ain't shit. And, like, Yeah, like, Louis C.K. is, like, once he got popular, is he still universally beloved? As long Bill as he Cosby, didn't... once he starts raping people, is he still universally <laughs> Uh... Bill Cosby, okay, that's actually a pretty good example, uh, at least morality-wise, is that, uh... But he wasn't, okay. He was beloved. I think what we're learning is that comics comic is kind of a bullshit term. Yeah. Because if only comics like you, you're probably being beloved ironically. Like the heroin addict at 2am. That's not a comic. That's just a spectacle. Right? Or you're just supported by comics. Okay, can we name a local comic here? Yeah, go ahead. Is Bobby Buds a comics comic? Um, I think he is. I don't know. We'll give a shout out to Robert Buds. Robert Euler. I think Bobby Buds is very funny, but he's definitely not for everybody, right? He's so like. Uh, just ridiculous and silly, and at the same time, though, he's like, he's not like in your face. He's not like, I dare you to like me, like some other comics comics are like aggressive. Like, he's like, he wants to do a good job, but his brain works in a way where like he's just so goofy that he's just his sense of humor is in everybody's, right? So, does that make him a comics comic? I would say. I'd postulate this. Or a bad comic. <laughs> I, would, I would postulate this uh, uh, question to you. If he got a uh, JFL or Comedy Central thing, would everybody be as behind him as possible? Does he suffer from the Rudy complex? That it's like, yeah, fucking, you're, you're really enjoyable, you are funny, but the second that he gets any amount of power or uh, stink behind him, are people still going to stay behind him? 
Because I, I think that's definitely what separates a comics comic from just somebody that, who's beloved. Is like I think that has to do with how you conduct yourself. Um, well, okay, but I don't think Bobby would start being a dick to people if he became wildly successful. Oh, I've tried to get him to be a dick to me just personally. It doesn't happen. He's like, yeah, a yeah. sweetheart. Yeah. Which frustrates the fuck out of me because I still am relentlessly mean to him. Sure. Um, sure, 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 sure. So... Alright, so that's another factor is that in order to be a comics comic, you have to be personally beloved by comics. Which is something... Fuck! I mean... I can think of uh, asshole comics who I would run in and watch, who I don't like to talk to. Yeah, you, but would that mean a bunch of people would do that? I don't think there is a definition for that. I think we've yeah, I think that's the, nah, I think that's the easy way out. Okay. That there's no definition. I think we're getting to. How it. about this? How about before we started talking, what would you have said a comic to comic is? Um, I would have said a comic that only other comics can appreciate to the degree that they should be. Yes. Yes. I think that so, might still be the answer. Okay. So does that mean that inherently means that if you are popular? You cannot be a comics comic. Yes. You know what? I think I'm going to take that stance. Okay. If Bill Burr was still doing nightclubs, you'd say, you got to watch this guy, total comics comic, goes to the fucking bat every time, you know, he just, he's so funny, he should be on television. So when comics, would you say this? When comics comics get popular, they go into iconic or legendary status then? Yes. Because they are the ones that made it. So if like Eddie Pepitone got... That's a good point. There's a big leap. Yeah. You go comics, comic, the legendary. Like Maria Bamford is like a superstar. You know, like she is huge, right? Don't you think? No. Having not no... yet. She's not, she's not on the same level as like Amy Schumer or Kevin Hart. That's a good point. Okay. The okay. only person okay. that's that big is maybe Louis C.K. right now. Right. Okay. So we're talking about that big. Yeah. Okay, I mean, okay. George Carlin, Seven Dirty Words, Richard Pryor being in fucking Superman. I don't know why I chose Superman, but like... Yeah, the thing he's... <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the thing he's most known for. Yeah. Not Blazing Saddles writing that movie or... Uh, Lighting toy, yourself on fire. Or all well, that. But I'm just saying, like... Mm. Uh, you know, Joan Rivers oh, wait, becoming no an evil. icon. See no evil. That's the best one. I think the people... Yeah, that's... I don't know why I didn't get that. Because you're stupid. I'm going to write that down as an episode. I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, see boobs in there? There are boobs. Anyways, uh, I, I think in order to be a legend, you got to be a comics comic at some point. Like, Robin Williams is a perfect example of that. He was loved by comics forever, got popular, yeah. and he started stealing a little bit. <laughs> but... I don't think he did it. Okay, well, whatever. Let's yeah. keep going. Uh, but... Um, yeah, comics undoubtedly back, at least back in the 70s, were like, this guy's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay Leno, I heard the same thing, even though Jay Leno's not as respected anymore, but like back in the 70s, I, I heard so many stories of like, yeah, he was the guy. The Ripper. Yeah, and every comic loved him, and then he got popular, and now he's a fucking legend. So I think in order to be a legend, you gotta be a comics comic at some point. So you think. Um... Who's, who's, who's like another huge name who's maybe not working right now? Who, uh, who was huge? Yeah. Do you think Andrew Dice Clay was a comics comic? I think he is now. <laughs> he went the other way? Yeah. 
Yeah, he went top 40 and then... Because I think he got... <laughs> I, I I suspect, I mean, this was before our time, but I, every time I, I hear somebody talk now. about... Huh? He's a joke now. He's not a coward. No, I think he is now. Because I think the people who are older than us, like, started off in the 80s. Uh, and Eddie Murphy's a, kind of like this, too. Where it's like, they got so big, so quick, so fast... That that generation was like, they're huge, they were great, this guy's amazing. Yeah. And then they became a uh, kind of cartoon of themselves sure. through their thing. And then they, you know, not Eddie Murphy because he's not doing comedy, but Andrew Dice Clay is going back to his roots and is coming up and having to fight his old image. And so I think he's back to being, he went from legend to, or like huge, not legend, but huge. He's, he's trying to make a comeback, though. Huge. He's got a TV show about him. Yeah, so it, was it was pretty good. I like the first episode. Oh, it was good? Yeah. I like the first episode. I'm curious about checking out it. I didn't know if it was on the other uh, What about, fair. like, Stephen Wright? Um, I don't know Scott McGrath. I think he's... I think he's in the legendary realm. status, right? He was one of the first. Uh, I think. How many times was he on the Tonight Show? A billion. Yeah, right. I mean, for his time, he was doing theaters. So. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not downplaying him at all. What I'm saying is, I think he's in that weird area of Bill Burr, where it's like, what do you mean? How's Bill Burr in a weird area? Because he's not a comics comic, because he's popular, like we just said, but he's not quite a legend yet, because he's not huge. Stephen Wright is a legend yet. <laughs> He is a legend. What are you talking about? I, I don't think Stephen Wright is uh, legendary status because not enough people know him. You know what? Him. Actually, I have first-hand experience with this, with Stephen Wright. Okay. I went to see Louis C.K. when he was in Chicago, at the Chicago Theater. And years ago. I know what you're going to say. And uh, he came out, he did some time, and he was like, all right, I have a couple of special guests. Uh, Hannibal Burris. Everybody lost yeah. their shit. Yeah. I'm not a big Hannibal Burris fan, but, you know. You gotta was, give respect where it's due. Sure, so I clapped, and it was fine. He was, he was pretty funny. He had a couple jokes I liked. He was like, all right, I have, I have one more special guest before I come back out and finish out the show. Uh, he's one of my favorite comics of all time, Stephen Wright. And me and a much smaller portion of the audience lost their shit. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what I'm saying. It's like, you have to, in order to be a legend... It's also a younger crowd, though. That, that shouldn't matter. I mean, yeah. look at all of us who... A new generation discovers George Carlin and Richard Pryor the same way a new generation discovers the, the Beatles. Beatles and Rolling Stones. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying in order to be legendary status. Nobody's ever going to forget Robin Williams. Nobody's ever going to forget George Carlin, Lenny Bruce, right. uh, Joan Rivers. I mean, these are people who are going to... How much of those people's success is attributed to acting roles, TV, film, things outside of stand-up? Because if we're talking... I mean, that's like probably part of it. Yeah, so but I'm saying marketability. Okay, but... Does that make you a legend in comedy? Yes. Makes you a legend when you don't... in Hollywood, but not in like necessarily quote-unquote comedy. No, what makes you a legend in quote-unquote comedy is being a comics comic first. Is to have the quality <laughs> of... that. No, I'm, I'm running this all the way back. All right, all right. All right, so... Comics comic is comics getting behind you and thinking and knowing that your quality never fades, right? Which is okay. why you come out of the green room and watch. Okay? We call it the Kevin White effect. 
Kevin White effect. Gotta see this guy go up. Gotta watch him eat a microphone on stage. If you haven't seen Kevin's closer, it's amazing. He has metal teeth. He's the jaws of... If you haven't seen Kevin yell at people for not having enough fun, you haven't seen Kevin. While not having fun on stage. Yeah. Why are you guys having fun? I'm not. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, (laughs) So, and then I think you get... I woke up at noon today. I think you get big... Uh, you can do theaters and get big off of that, but I think in order to become a legend, you have to put yourself in the zeitgeist, which is like that. Because how many, I mean, there's... I feel like there's a lot of X factors you're not considering, but okay. Mort Saul was around forever. Sure. And he did, he started off with Lenny Bruce, he started comedy, basically. He (laughs) fucking, uh... He tooled around forever. So many people go back and go like, that guy was huge. And guaranteed, out of everybody that's listening, they'll go, who the fuck is Mort Saul? Robert that's what Klein. I'm saying. Another Robert guy Klein's like that. A, well, Robert Klein's been in, uh, in some movies and stuff. But he never reached that status. He's fucking phenomenal. But yeah, but like, I just mean there were other pioneers outside of Richard Pryor that nobody thinks of yeah. because they weren't Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. That's right, like, so I'm saying there is a separation, but in order to... And maybe Robert Klein is, like, one of those... Is Robert Klein a comic Or is he yeah. in that other echelon? Nah, Robert Klein's too big. Yeah, he's in that other echelon of, like, Louis. So basically, a comics comic... Is someone who's somebody really good who hasn't gotten... Who hasn't broken yet. yet. Yeah. Okay, I can drink to that. That and right. it only took us... How long? What's your timer at? Uh, well, I don't know. We're at something. Well, it took us about an hour to define what comics comic is. Oh, plus clips. Now let's talk about comics comics. David Tell, big fan. <laughs> you cut the episode right there. You want, you want to cut it? So, is, so by this definition, David Tell is in that weird purgatory. Because he kind of did break. He had his own show and he shit. He definitely broke. I mean, that show was so only like three, what four were, seasons. What we need to figure out, there's comics, comics. He kind of did there's break. There's legends. Oh, the guy who mentored uh, one of the biggest female working comedians right now. Uh, yeah, he kind of broke. Yeah. We need to come up with what happens when you're a comics comic and you get a good career. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. A comics comic is somebody who like is a... A people's comic. There's comics comic, which is like when they belong <laughs> to us and they don't they don't break at all. Uh-huh. Someone like David Tell or Bill Burr is a people's comic, and then you, after that is legendary. Stuff. What about like music terms? Like you mentioned Green Day. They start off as a punk band on the grimy thing, like the shitty little clubs in California, right? And then uh, then they get like a couple plays on MTV. You know, they're well known. They're well known, but they're not like selling out arenas like they do nowadays. You know, yeah, this yeah. Is before like American Idiot and stuff or whatever. So what is a band then? Like, okay, well, they could be like a one-hit wonder, and then they come back. Well, I think that's why they call them pop punk, but I think that's like a a derogatory term. Where I'm saying, like, it's a loving term to say a people's comic. Like, everybody enjoys that. The next step is legendary. Whereas someone who uh, gets uh, fame and gets big and they're shitty. Like, an easy one is, like, Carlos Mencia. Right. Sure. Uh, not to say he, he's a very good performer, but fuck him for everything that he. Right. That uh, first conversation presents he had. Like, right. It was amazing, and he ended on like this serious note. It was like right after nine eleven. Now, 
looking back, I don't know how much of that was really his, but at the time, it was like, this dude's bringing the fucking house down. He's bringing fire. Yeah, he no. crushed. I'll give, I'll give him that credit. The dude knows how to fucking perform and do comedy. He just uh, doesn't have a moral compass, and that's sure. part of the comics comics code is we have to like so oh, that's not a comics comic. Yes, but <laughs> I think there's comics comic, people's comic, and then that. So I think we should define the other end. So it's like seven virtues. We should get the seven deadly sins, where it's like the three steps <laughs> of a, a moral good comic. What's the What's the other three? There's well, hack. <laughs> there's road hack. People say road hack. Yeah. People say hack. Those are different terms. There are. Uh... Wait, what's the difference between hack and road hack? So hack. Pertains... I'm gonna play a clip of mine. So yes. <laughs> uh, you know, hack uh, pertains to material. Road hack is similar, but it's just it's it's more about like stale. You know, when you have like your so hour you stagnant, it just kind of you still have yeah. Bill Clinton jokes from. Yeah, and they kind of talk about this in that documentary. I am road comic. Yeah. I Am Comic was pretty good. I Am Road Comic, not good. I don't even see it. I've seen it. It was... He uses a, a one-nighter or a two-nighter as his idea of going on the road, and it's like, that's not the fucking road. Fuck you. But anyway, that's a whole different discussion. Uh, but they do talk about what a road comic is, and it's just, yeah, you got your hour, you do it, and that you just you schlep out and you play the hits, and then you go to your... <laughs> you try to flirt with a waitress. Like, it's like a hack who's also boring. <laughs> Right? Fair enough. I, I I don't see the difference, but well, continue. I want to hear you. Well, because a road hack could be doing like a bunch of, or a, a hack could be like doing a bunch of just bad jokes. Like a new comic is a hack probably because they just aren't good yet. Or you could be doing They're a more. contemporary hack instead of an old hack? Yeah, road is that hack. What you're yeah, but you know what I mean. You've seen, but seen I it, you've come very close to being it at times. I know we've talked Well, that's about why I'm it. saying I, I don't think there's a difference. I think hack is a hack. You just say hack. Yeah, I, it's, yeah just, it's, it's just if you go out on the road with your act. Yeah, that's all uh, different. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'll say that at the very bottom of the bad end is hack. Hack. What's above that? What's the or what? I guess what's the top of it? Well, I mean, Thief? hack. Yeah. Rapist. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, a hack. You know, stealing jokes is is hack, right? Or is that? Yeah, it's, it's a learned behavior. Define? No, no. It's, a hack is either stealing jokes or having no um, originality. Sure. And it's a learned behavior that goes throughout the rest of your career, which is the same as, like, comic comic. Whenever you first start, it defines the rest of your career, basically. And so, if you're a hack at the beginning, you have... That's not true. ...one trajectory that you're poised to go to. Not not that you're guaranteed, but yeah, you're, people you're are, on that road to go there. People have broken out of the hack thing. I'm um, one of them. I'm, like, a really good comic. Yeah, you're, you're on your way. Yeah, um, But, so, yeah. So, what's the top... I mean, the top one has to be someone like, uh, Mencia. I mean, he got huge. Off and other then, people's work. Yeah. But it was started from somewhere. I mean... You yourself said uh, Robin Williams could be in that same category. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's debatable, though, but, uh, I, I don't think I'd put him in that same category. I mean, he's, maybe he's in that gray area between, but he at least paid people. I really think the Robin Williams thing is... Purpose. And I think people kind of accept yeah, that it wasn't a purpose. I don't think anybody. I've yeah. never heard anybody really go to bat as Robin Williams is a thief. Well, I think people say he's a thief, but not in not in a malicious way. Like he, 
everybody goes like, yeah, he was improving on stage, so if he heard something and was called out for it, I ha- I've never heard anybody say, no, he didn't pay people. Like, yeah. he would say it and then feel bad. He'd pay people, he wouldn't really give them a choice, because he already, he was already Robin Williams doing it in front of people. Yeah. But he would at least pay people. So I, I wouldn't say... Different. Yeah. Um, but I think once you, once you get... So, I guess we'll call the top one, um, Minstilia. Once you're at the top, okay. you're a Minstilia. And then in the middle... <laughs> so the middle, that weird... Okay, so bottom is hack. Yeah. Top is, uh, you don't deserve this. What's in the middle? I would... You know what? I got it. Those people that, like, are more about the business side of things than the actual comedy. So yeah, they've got, yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. second you meet them, they've got uh, fucking business cards. A marketer. Yeah. There hack, you go. marketer, Minstilia. Which one's worse? Is marketer better than a hack? Or is marketer worse? Because a marketer... marketer also- mar- no, marketer's better in this... Like, a hack is just a shitty comic who's stealing. A marketer is a shitty comic who's stealing... But is at least good at the business side. Oh, okay. I was gonna say misguided, so it's, there's almost like an innocence to it. Or that too. Like, well, you know, at least they're they're not lazy. I mean, is, what I, is what I was gonna say. Yeah, nothing's that, worse than a yeah. lazy comic, which would be yeah. A hack. hack is lazy on both fronts. Hack is lazy. Marketer is focused on the wrong thing, and Mistelia is, is like fucking. He's a hard good. worker on both ends, but he's good at marketing and good at stealing. Good at selling. You know? Yeah. Good at yeah. Yeah. Good at good st- at selling the steel. Yeah, the art of the steel. Yeah, there you go. All right, so on both sides of the tree, uh, <laughs> we got uh, hack, marketer, and then Stelia, and then we have comics, comic, people's comic, people's comic, and legend. legend. Nice. All right. Well, what did we learn today? Yeah. We, learned, we learned from Dave Attell how to how to be a people's comic. Now, I know that you're going to do a longer episode on Dave Attell, so mm-hmm. we didn't really dive into him as a comic. I assume, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what you'll name this, but can I tell my Dave Attell story? Of course. Uh, no, I don't know. This is, uh, Dave Attell, I love him so much. He's one of those people, like, I, 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 I bumped into a couple times and I clam up and I, I can't talk to him. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. So you just, you're tuned, and I think I've told you this story before, but here we go. I was visiting New York for the first time. We go into the comedy cellar, watch a show, get the cheesecake. They got a good cheesecake. Uh, and it tells yeah, we, no, that's yeah. that's for us. <laughs> uh, and uh, they, uh, oh yeah, so the comedy cellar, the, the venue's downstairs and, in, in like a garden. All right, cancel it. <laughs> you can't cancel something that you have an order. Nice. All right, anyway. Uh, it was in my head next week. I could not <laughs> listen to the rest of your story without actually saying it. In my, in my brain, I was like, just let him tell the story. And I'm like, sure. nah, I can't do it. Anyway, it tells on the show that we're at. And, and, and after the show, uh, we're up at the bar. And, and I walk in, and there's a towel. And he's talking to this uh, blonde woman, this, this pretty blonde lady. And, uh, and I was, my girlfriend's like, oh, fuck. She goes, that's that comic you like so much, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's like, let's go talk to him. And I was like, no, 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 no,
The table's hell. Hey, thanks a lot. Uh, I'm going to talk to your friend. Hey, blonde lady. Oh, I'm no. too nervous to talk to Dave. Like, I don't say it. I'm like, oh, how do you know Dave? That's cool. And you do what? And I'm having a conversation with her. And I don't realize it, but Dave leaves. He goes outside. I see him through the door. I'm, like, kind of keeping an eye on him because I just can't believe that he's here. Like, I'm so nervous around this guy. And in your mind, you're like, I can't believe I'm hanging out with Dave Attell. Yeah, yeah, sure. Where do you work? And uh-huh, then- uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, he's having a smoke. He comes back. Me and my girlfriend are both talking to this blind lady because he's been gone. He's kind of lingering, does another shot, finishes his beer, walks back out, doesn't come back. And I realize in that moment, oh, I just cock-blocked my hero. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was too afraid to talk to him. He just fucking, you know, he had like a killer set, he's feeling good, and all of a sudden nobody wants to talk to him, and he just goes home alone. Especially after his girlfriend is like, oh, he's a big fan, and you're like, yeah, yeah, sure, hey, hot blonde. (laughs) Yeah, right? So he probably thinks that you're trying to sniff out a freeway. Yeah, and so uh, I also probably gave him like a horrible, he probably went home like, I don't get it, like, look, this fucking kid comes up. (laughs) He said he liked me, but then I didn't get my dick sucked. God, I still feel bad about that to this day, and hopefully, I, I want to meet him, and I want to tell him that he won't remember it, but... He listens to this podcast. Oh, great. Hey, Dave. Uh, uh, I, that's my, my David Tell story. My Colin Quinn, well, mine's not as good, but my Colin Quinn was uh, just as awkward, and also at the Comedy Cellar. Yeah. Um, guys, if you want to meet your heroes, go to the Comedy Cellar, really fuck it up. <laughs> Uh, but I, every time I go to New York, I give myself a day to just go hang out there, and I got dinner and was uh, sitting back by the comics table at the bar, eating, and uh, Colin Quinn walks in and goes to the table, and I hear him talking to everybody. The table, the, by I, the way. I'm sitting maybe... The table. The table, yeah. Do you want to explain the table? Uh, we'll do it on another podcast. <laughs> okay. So, listen in. To be continued. But I'm sitting there, maybe... Uh, Maybe four feet away from Colin Quinn and all these other comics. I'm eating borscht just by myself, looking like a creepy, sweaty asshole because I'm nervous and I'm like psyching myself up. Like, I'm gonna do it! I'm gonna go say it! I'm gonna go say hi to your hero! Who's he sitting with? Do you remember? Uh, Yes, Uh, this is part of the thing. Oh, okay. So uh, I I finally get done awkwardly eating soup by myself. Cold Uh, soup. uh, I was hot. I thought borscht was that cold pink soup. Uh, Mine was hot. Oh, maybe it's not cold. Go ahead. Uh, So I I get up, turn around, and I go say hi to Colin. And uh, I did that thing where I awkwardly lock eyes with somebody else. And uh, Dove Davidoff is sitting there (laughs) hanging out with him. And he just went up. He didn't know that I wasn't downstairs. And I went in to, like, say stuff to him. But I was looking at Dove. And he's like, what's up, man? I was like, I just... I want you. To, I I really I really like you guys' stuff. And he's like, "Thanks, man." And then Colin just got there, so it, I couldn't be like, "Yeah, and you're great too." So I just got into this like awkward co- conversation with Doc. And I like Dov Davidoff. Dov Davidoff's so funny. Yeah, uh, but I didn't see a set, and I d- wasn't really. I was in, like tunnel vision, so I wasn't really. So I got into this awkward conversation and just completely sandbagged Colin because I just went like, "Yeah, oh, you're Colin Quinn." Cool. Anyway, See, hey, yeah, Dove. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was just like, yeah, and he's like, yeah, thanks, man. I'm like, yeah, cool. Who's right, your friend? See you later. <laughs> no, I just was like, all right, big gulps, huh? See you later. Uh, like, it was just, I couldn't turn and be like, hey, you're the guy that I, all right, see you later. God. Yeah. I did, yeah, I got to, I got to tell Dove how great he was. And, sure. uh, so that, but I, yeah, Dove, if you're listening. And I got to bang David Tell's, uh, hot dog. <laughs> 
Alright, well that's been a very long episode of Just a Tad. I hope you guys enjoyed us figuring out what a comics comic is. Uh, please listen back uh, next week when we'll be back with... Uh... The Prince of Persia. That game. I'm just kidding. I don't know what the fuck. Uh, you can find Kevin White on the internet. He's got uh, Twitter and shit like that. Which Kevin is... White is not funny.com. Nah, that, that's not your... Is mm-hmm. that really? And then your you Twitter like handle it? is uh, K... K-Silly. K-Silly. Yeah. Uh, you, can... you guys know where to find me. We're here every week. Uh, love you all to death. See you later. Bye. Bye.